We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called The Four Pillars of Vertical Church, and today we're going to listen to the second half of a message called Pillar 3, Life in the Spirit. You know, I hope your Christian walk is filled with life in the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, as Paul is describing what happens in us when we are changed, he says in verse 13 of chapter 1, In him, Jesus, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of of his glory. What does that mean? What that means is that if the Spirit of God is in you, that's the brand mark or the seal. You belong to God. You don't even belong to yourself anymore. You certainly don't belong to the enemy or anything that he could claim on you. You belong to Jesus Christ. Now think about this back in the day. If you were a rancher in Texas, I guess Texas is on my mind. Uh, there were a lot of people in there trying to remind me of what Texas chili was all about last night. And um, especially those women that were speaking in southern accents. It, it was out of control last night. But um, think about that. What they do in Texas. How do they determine whose cattle belong to who? They get a hot iron put it on there, and that is a, a mark that that animal will carry for the rest of its life, that it belongs to someone. Now, in a much more glorious way, when the Holy Spirit is in you, you are sealed. You belong to Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ were to return today, he's going to look for those who have the brand mark of the Holy Spirit. You're secure. You're safe. You can't lose the seal. You are sealed. You have assurance that the Spirit of God is in you. Some of us may struggle with assurance of salvation, of being sealed. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. Maybe you're like, well, hey, I wish I knew more about the Holy Spirit. All of this is kind of foggy to me. I just want to remind you that if you have the Spirit in you, belong to God. Don't ever forget that. The Spirit of God is in you. Now the question is, is the Spirit of God in you? That's a great question to be asking. We'll look for some fruit of that. I want to say this. You know, some of you might be thinking, well, man, the Holy Spirit is kind of foggy to me, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if I had the Spirit in me, and I'm not sure what the Spirit would even do in me. I want to ask you to take the purple pen challenge. Some of you know why I'm putting this up right now. You also might be wondering what's in this treasure box. The Spirit of God is one of the greatest gifts outside of Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation, and they all go together. But here's the thing. You're not going to treasure something you don't understand, at least not much. And we can live as believers for decades, and some believers have lived their whole lives without hardly even understanding what this gift of the Holy Spirit is. And if that's where you're at, or whether, you're not, whether you are or not, I want to challenge you to take the purple pen challenge. Now, maybe you don't like purple. That's fine. You want to guess what's in here? Anybody curious? Nah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, do, we'll treat it like the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We'll just leave it kind of covered up and go on to something else. 
That's how we live. No, 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 no. We need to open up the treasure chest. So what's in here are some of my favorite things. Some of you know my passion to highlight my Bible. As I was studying the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I've had a curiosity about the Holy Spirit for years, and I have a special pen. It's purple. And as I've been reading through Scripture year after year, highlighting those purple passages, and now this week, just reviewing so many, I can find it really quick. I could preach for three hours today. Just all purple passages. Hey, if you don't know about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and you're wondering, what is this person that I'm supposed to relate to, but it seems so foggy, can I challenge you? Come get a pen afterwards. I have lots of pens. I will leave the treasure chest open. You can choose purple. You can choose green. You can push pens. You can have un... We aim to please. Okay? Just come up here afterwards and grab some pen and grab and begin to highlight your Bible. Begin to understand what the ministry of the Spirit is. Then begin to start in chapters like John 14 to 16 where Jesus talked about the ministry of the Spirit and how it would change the disciples' lives. Go to Romans 8 and understand the ministry of the Spirit. Go to the books of Ephesians and Galatians. Let's go back to the text here, Galatians chapter 5. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And this is a military term. It's a, uh, we, we would think of this, we see this in marching bands. Have you ever seen, you know, when they're going up and down and like doing all that stuff on the, in the middle of football games? I've always, you know, I've wondered, what happens if one person forgot which way to turn? And you know, Mr. Like This went this way when he was supposed to go that way and suddenly there'd be chaos. Sometimes that describes the church. And the Spirit of God, this is a term here, it says, Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, if we have life in ourselves by the Spirit of God, then let's keep in step with the Spirit. It's describing, we think of military movies, especially older uh, wars of hundreds of years ago where they would march in line and we would, we would use the terminology, hold the line, you, they would march and practice and practice so that when they went into battle, they would hit all at the same time or they would hold all at the same time. Now that's the term being used here in the text. It's saying keep in step with the Spirit. If the Spirit says left, we go left. If the Spirit says right, we go right. Now it's not just talking about the church as a whole. It's talking about us as individuals. Now maybe you're asking the question, well, in contrast... How would I know if I wasn't in step with the Spirit? Let me give you three easy steps to breaking rank with the Holy Spirit. Just look down at the next verse. It says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That word conceited there, it's a Greek word that comes together. It's kenodoxa. What it means is empty glory. Stop searching for empty glory. Too many of us can live a life of searching after glory in this world that is essentially empty. Empty. Empty pursuits. Things that in light of eternity will amount to nothing. Empty. No, 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 no. Keep in step with the Spirit. Jot this down. Second of all, life in the Spirit means that we are growing as we keep in step with the Spirit. It means to be discipled and transformed. 
If you think about this way, another way of understanding the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the discipleship coordinator of the Trinity. You know, we talk about, can you guys help me out here? Help me out. You're in the sermon now. I'm going to have a couple ways to get you in the sermon here in the last couple minutes. What are the four W's? We call them our four W's of discipleship. They are worship, walk with Christ. Number three, we work for Christ. Number four, we witness for Christ. Now think about this. I have verses here. Philippians 3.3 says that we worship by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, just a couple of verses earlier, says that we are to walk by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.7 and verse 11 also says that it is the Spirit of God who empowers the gifts so that as we serve or work for Christ, He is the one calling the shots, giving gifts where He sees fit. And obviously the famous verse in Acts 1.8, it says, Jesus said, the Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to be my witnesses. So if we're thinking about the ministry of the Spirit of God, it is the Spirit that empowers discipleship. Look up here for a minute. Maybe you've been asking this question. Why am I not growing? Why does my relationship with God seem stale? Why can I remember years ago where I was so on fire for Jesus, I was sharing the gospel with others, and now I just feel stale and I feel like nothing's happening. Must be the preacher's preaching. Just need a better preacher. Well, that might be true, but that's not the issue here. Listen, discipleship is about relationship. Now think about this. We have a term that we've begun to use over the last um, couple decades, dysfunctional relationships. You can have a dysfunctional relationship with the Holy Spirit. Think about these terms. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30, it says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not, it's continuing this concept, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were, here it is again, you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, if you're sealed, if you're marked by God, if the life of God is in you, you should be building up other people and speaking things into their lives to build them up. But if you're not, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never thought about that, of the Spirit of God literally grieving over things that you're doing or I'm doing. Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. If you're listening to Meeting with God, you're clearly interested in God's Word. One of the great joys of my life is seeing people grow together in God's Word on a weekly basis. And these messages are a part of our weekend services. If you don't have a church family, let me invite you to join us this weekend. Our church home is located in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Details are available at verticalchurch.life. Second of all, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says that we can quench the Holy Spirit. If grieving is doing the wrong things that grieve the Spirit, quenching the Spirit is when the Spirit wants to move among us, and we're like, it's like a candle if I put it out. Quench it. Putting a blanket over it. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says that we can lie 
to the Holy Spirit. Now those, I could give you some more, but those are relational terms. When we lie or grieve or quench, there's things going on there that are relational. You can live a dysfunctional relationship with the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't be shocked then that suddenly the relationship seems to be stale. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I realize I'm going to a lot of verses today, but I hope this is helpful. It says, do not get drunk with wine. I'll just make the comment. It's not wrong to drink. It's wrong to get drunk. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It sounds like a good thing. Paul's saying we should do it. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I love what Wayne Grudem, he's a theologian. I've used his Bible doctrines book in some of the training I've done. It's a great, he has a systematic theology if you love doorstops. He has a Bible doctrines, which is half of that boiled down, and then there's even a smaller study, but I love Wayne, I love his heart for the Lord. But he gives a great illustration for how we can understand being filled with the Holy Spirit. He uses the concept of a balloon. Now think about this. Is the balloon full? I mean, it looks full to me. But is it as full as it could be? No, it's not. Clearly, now is it full? You see, what, the, what God wants to do in our lives, if we're willing to surrender to the ministry of the Spirit, is that God wants to fill it and fill it, and it wouldn't pop, and would fill and fill and fill. But it depends on our willingness to be used by God, our willingness to allow the Spirit to work. Sadly, though, this can also happen. When we're full of ourselves, again, back to that word I used a couple of minutes ago, kenodoxa, when we're full of ourselves, we're often empty of the Spirit's work. It doesn't mean he's not present. It just means he's not able to work and to influence us. Now think about this. Go back to verse 18 of Ephesians. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now think about what it means to be drunk. I remember one comedian I was listening to. We think of it in the terms of being under the influence. This one comedian he was saying said, after you get drunk... No one wakes up the next morning proud of what they did. No one wakes up proud of getting drunk, and no one wakes up proud thinking about what they did next. It's not like some people go out and get drunk, and then they suddenly realize that they went out and built uh, you know, some new, new housing for low-income families. Nothing good happens after we are under the influence of alcohol. Now switch it on its head. We know what it's like to be influenced by something negatively, Paul turns it on its head and it says, so here's what it's like when you're under the influence of the Spirit. It doesn't take you over, but it leads you to do things that glorify Jesus Christ. It leads you and gives you impulses to be able to follow Jesus, to be able to serve his people, to be able to share him with others. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. It means to be under the influence of God's Spirit. Here's the problem we run into sometimes. We want to live an empty glory life and be filled with the Spirit. So what ends up happening is we end up in a very frustrated life where we're seeking the Spirit to work, but it doesn't seem like much is happening. 
And what Paul is saying is, listen, stop doing things. If you have the life of the Spirit in you, keep in step with the Spirit and let the Spirit of God begin to work in you. Live life in the Spirit. Maybe you're asking, well, how am I filled with the Spirit? How do I have what Ephesians is talking about? Let me give you three quick things you can do. First, ask. I love what a verse in Luke says. It says, if you ask for the Spirit, your Heavenly Father will give him. He will pour out his Spirit on you. Ask, God, I want you to fill me. I want my life to reflect the ministry of the Holy Spirit, not my empty self-glory or the things I pursue. But here's the second thing you need to do. Confess all known sin. What's the word we sometimes use to describe him? He is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God does not tolerate sin. And if God's Spirit is speaking to you, maybe you've been pushing him aside, you've been ignoring areas of your life, or he's been, he wants all of you. And you're like, okay, God, you can have this, and you can have Sunday. I'll even give you Saturday morning. But I want Saturday night. It's amazing when you tell the Holy Spirit, don't touch that. You know where he always goes? After that. Because he wants all of you. Ask, confess any known sin, and then believe. We need to trust what scripture says, that he will give his Holy Spirit, that God will fill us with his spirit. Believe and trust him. Here's the beautiful thing. This is the last point I want to share with you. When we are filled with the spirit, fruit is the natural result. Now, if you're back in Galatians, just look up a couple verses. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the spirit The result of the Spirit at work in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law because there's no need. It's living out the righteousness of God. Jot this down third. Life in the Spirit means that we are fruitful witnesses by the Spirit, empowered for service and for impact. And maybe the Spirit's been speaking. He's, he's like, he's starting to talk to you and he's like, I want more fruit in. And then you stop, you cut him off and you say, but, 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 but I want to do something big for God. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about love and long suffering and all that stuff. I want to talk about doing something big for you, God. And the Spirit responds with, yeah, about that. Let's start with loving, people that are difficult, joy, when everything around me screams complain, peace, and anxiety, or anxious moments, patience, when God, it's been so long, you still want me to be patient, I'm waiting for you to move in that person's life, and you don't seem to be doing it, kindness, especially when we've been slapped metaphorically. Goodness, faithfulness, day after day, week after week, gentleness, self-control. To that the Spirit would say, but that's why I'm here, because I'm the power. I'm the power of the Trinity present in you, in that heart that was stone, that now is flesh, 
I'm indwelling you and empowering you so you can live out this and be the person that Jesus Christ wants to be, the image of Jesus. Now think about this, what we've just talked about here, to be alive in the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit, to have the fruit of the Spirit. These are the compelling witness that our culture is waiting to see. When I can see somebody who is different, who's being changed, who's learning to walk by the Spirit, who's learning to follow the Spirit, and then who's somebody who has the fruit of the Spirit, that is compelling gospel witness. Stop your talking, I can see it. You see, when the Spirit begins to change, now, now sometimes the Spirit also wants to talk through us but he wants a compelling witness first. Here's my question for you as we come up on the end of the message. Are you listening for the voice of the Spirit? Are you listening for the voice of the Spirit in Scripture as you're reading through Scripture? Are you listening to the promptings of the Spirit? Are you listening to the Spirit when he's speaking in your conscience and he's reminding you, do this, or you should not have done that. You need to to repent from that. Or you need to go ask that person to forgive you. I remember a number of years ago, I had a friend that I loved dearly in Chicago. And I remember I was sitting at a Starbucks. I think I was working on my sermon or something. And all of a sudden, I just had this sense that I should reach out to him. And so I just sent him a little text. Hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, We had been here by that time, I don't know, a year or two. He comes back to me. He says, today I just found out that a particular family member of mine, is their marriage is blowing up. And God opened up an opportunity for me to work with him and get him connected in, within the church that he was at and to get help for his extended family member. And I remember thinking, what even made me think to reach out to him? That was the Holy Spirit. Knowing what he needed, knowing what his family needed, and just using me to be a vessel available. Are you listening to the voice of the Spirit as he's speaking? When it comes to the Holy Spirit communicating with you, do you have your phone on silent? That's not great. You're missing out on life in the Spirit. And if God's Spirit is trying to communicate to you, maybe you've become so accustomed to a particular area of sin that you want, and you're like, I want that. I, that my pride, I gotta have that. And God's Spirit's been trying to reach out to you, and it's time for you to answer the call. Or maybe God's been speaking to you about giving your life to Jesus Christ, and you've been, well, you know, i got to come to church and learn a, more, a little more. I mean, I like Jesus, but I'm not sure if I want to follow Jesus. And the Spirit's talking to you. It's time to change that and settle that you're going to follow Jesus Christ. Or maybe God's wanting to use you, and you're like, ah, i got nothing to give. I mean, all the smart people, they're on stage. I'm just a really ordinary person. I don't think, I'm not sure that God could even use me. Spirit's been calling you because when the Spirit's in somebody, he can use anyone. I'm a classic example. I, I never wanted to be a preacher. There's a lot of things I know I thought I knew I couldn't do until the Spirit began to work. God can use you in so many different ways and he wants to, but the question is, are you gonna answer the call? There was a pastor named Daniel Iverson who was attending a tent revival in Orlando, Florida in 1926. And as he was there, God's Spirit inspired him through this evangelistic sermon to write a song on the power of the Holy Spirit. He found his way to a piano in the First Presbyterian Church and he penned the lyrics of a simple hymn voicing a response, a cry to the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to read this song to you, and then we're going to have the worship team sing it over us, and I'm hoping that after that we're going to sing it two more times. I'm going to ask you to sing this song as a prayer. This man, as he was sitting at the piano, he wrote these words. He said, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Is that the cry of your heart today? I don't want to just do the Christian life and just get by. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want the Spirit of God moving and and, and molding me and shaping me so that I can have the fruit of the Spirit, so that I can be a witness to a dying world that there is life in Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God can change anyone. Do you want that? I think you do. I do. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.